Thank you for tuning in to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio. We trust you'll enjoy this musical selection to bring you peace, comfort and hope.
Spirit. 
If you're enjoying this music, encourage your friends to listen to this program each week.
Haunted by so great a cloud of witnesses Let us run the race not only for the prize But it's those who've gone before us Let us lead to those behind us The heritage of faithfulness
Psalm 47, verses 6 and 7. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises. Sing ye praises with understanding. All my praise I give you all my praise That's all I have to offer you I now build a sanctuary my heart and all my praise I offer up to you I love you Lord oh how I love you Lord I
every day they pass me by I can see it in their eyes Empty people filled with care Headed who knows where On they go through private pain Living fear to fear Laughter hides their silent cries Only Jesus hears People need the
Invite your family and friends to also enjoy songs of praise.
than silver or gold. Yes, I rather be his than have riches untold. Yes, I rather have Jesus than houses or land. Yes, I rather be. Knock, knocking at the door of your heart. 
the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me I will come in to him and dine with him and he
we here at 3ABN Australia Radio are delighted to share songs of praise with you. We look forward to your company next time. You are listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading. Today, we are continuing with the book Deeply Esteemed, The Life and Ministry of H.C.K. Harker. The reader is Dr. Barry Harker, the author and also the grandson of Pastor Harold Harker, the subject of the book. Here is our reader. Chapter 9. Angels in the City of Churches Harold climbed into Brother Alfred Davies' buggy and the two men greeted each other warmly. Soon the rhythmic beat of the horses' hooves on the road accompanied the conversation of the two men as they headed north in the late morning Adelaide sun. After leaving Kent Town, they skirted the city centre and turned west into Churchill Road and resumed their northward direction. Before long they arrived at the Islington Railway Workshops in the suburb of Kilburn. "'We're in good time again, Harold. The men are not out yet,' Alfred commented. "'That's good,' replied Harold to his older companion. "'We'll have plenty of time to pray and prepare. "'If ever we needed God's help, we need it today.'" When the gong sounded, several hundred men appeared in the yard beside the road and began to eat lunch. Harold moved among the men and distributed literature. At the usual signal, Harold's friend at the workshops brought out his box. Harold handed his hat to his friend and stepped onto the box. He began to speak on the subject, Who Changed the Sabbath? Conscious that a number of his hearers were Roman Catholics, Harold preached from the Douay translation of the Bible. After Harold closed his address, some of the men warned him not to come the following week without a police escort, as threats had been made to stone him. Two Methodist ministers have been attacked with stones here not so long ago, one of the concerned men revealed. Don't worry, God will take care of me, Harold assured his informants. I'll be back next week. Alfred suffered with heart problems and Harold was afraid that any excitement might upset him. As they returned home in the early afternoon, Harold decided to raise the issue with him. Alfred, I think that it might be best if I go to the workshops alone next week. There could be trouble and too much excitement would not be good for your heart. Alfred thought for a moment and nodded his head slightly as he spoke. I think you are right, Pastor, but I don't want to see you go alone. If there's any trouble, it may be best that I'm alone, Harold responded. The Lord will protect me. He is in this work, and he will not let me face next week alone. Alfred seemed reassured by Harold's confidence, and the conversation turned to other matters. Harold and Anne made his forthcoming visit to the Islington Railway workshops a matter of special prayer, as they knew that the threat of violence could not be taken lightly. The second referendum on military conscription called by the Prime Minister, Billy Hughes, held late in 1917, was lost. Political and sectarian tensions remained high in Adelaide. The days passed quickly. Next week, Harold arrived at the Islington Railway workshops in good time to continue his series of lunch hour talks. As he distributed literature while the men were eating lunch, several men warned him to be careful. Harold assured each in turn that it would be all right. When Harold gave the signal, his box was brought out by his friend at the workshops. 
Harold gave his hat to his friend to hold and was about to step on the box when six strapping men with bare arms and all over six feet in height preceded him and lined themselves up behind Harold, facing the fence over which the stones would be thrown. The men did not speak a word but stood with their arms folded. Their attitude seemed to say to the crowd, throw a stone if you dare. For if a stone missed Harold it would hit one of them. He stepped onto the platform with tremendous courage and preached as he had never preached before. The Spirit of God was present. Harold reviewed his addresses, including the one to which some had taken exception the week before. There was not a sound and no missile was thrown. He concluded his address in time. The gong sounded for the men to return to work and they disappeared through the gate. Harold had never seen his protectors before and did not see them as he stepped from the box. They were gone. Who were they? With deep gratitude in his heart to God for the protection he had experienced, Harold concluded that he had just witnessed the fulfilment of Psalm 34 and verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. What relief and joy greeted Harold when he arrived home from this experience unharmed. What a story Harold told to Anne and his children that night, a story impossible to forget. Anne told Harold that she had called the children together after he had left for the meeting to pray for his safety. The children who loved their father prayed earnestly that he would not be harmed. Harold's faith and courage were vindicated in a remarkable way. God protected his humble servant. Yet more than that, God sent his angels to the troubled city of churches so that these men, all precious in his sight, would have the opportunity to hear the great Adventist message without interruption. The incident at the Islington Railway workshops took place while Harold was conducting a tent mission in the suburb of Kensington, which is two suburbs east of Kent Town. The South Australian camp meeting took place at Kensington in late February and early March 1918, and Harold was asked to follow up the interest created by the camp meeting. Harold was assisted by Will Chapman and Sister Heiss. The mission experienced good attendances and many homes were opened for the study of the Bible. By May, many had decided to keep the Seventh-day Sabbath and were attending the Kensington Church. In addition to his evangelistic meetings and studies in 1918, Harold functioned as the Religious Liberty Secretary of the South Australian Conference. Life was full with work and raising his growing family. Then in October, at the Australasian Union Conference, Harold was called to take up city work in the Western Australian Conference. After two years in the South Australian Conference, Harold and his family were on the move again. Harold took his family back to the Gadsden home in Keysborough, Victoria, for a brief holiday, and the family arrived back in Adelaide in December for a week prior to leaving for Western Australia. While in Adelaide for the week, Anne washed her only good tussle silk skirt and hung it over a wire fence to dry. To her shock, when she went to retrieve the skirt, she discovered that a calf had chewed holes in it. Anne had planned to wear the skirt on the boat to Western Australia. 
It was nearing Christmas and the church members at Kensington gave the family a Christmas cake to take with them on the boat. They boarded the SS Victoria in Adelaide just before Christmas and were farewelled by a group of church members. The SS Victoria left Adelaide and headed west into the Great Australian Bight, bound for Fremantle in Western Australia. Don't forget to tune in next time for the next chapter of Deeply Esteemed, the life and ministry of H.C.K. Harker. If you have any questions or comments in relation to today's program, you can call 3ABN Australia Radio within Australia on 02 4973 3456 or from outside of Australia on country code 61 4973 3456 Our email address is radio at 3abn That is radio at the number 3abn Australia all one word .org.au Our postal address is 3ABN Australia Inc. PO Box 752, Morissette, New South Wales 2264 Australia. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. tip lady who loves to make your life more simple. Got a question for you. Do you have kids who are picky eaters that pull awful faces sometimes when you put the food in front of them? Well, you know, we might think that that's really, really rude, but they don't. They quite automatically look and go, yuck, yuck, I don't want to eat that stuff. And the battle starts. So if your home becomes a battle zone, What are some ways that you can deal with this so that they don't grow up as picky eaters and so that mealtime is a happy time? So my first tip is this. When you come to the table, this is what you need to do. Turn the TV off. Turn your devices off. Why? Aha, because you've got to make mealtimes a happy time. A time everyone looks forward to because they're having such a good time they forget about something that they don't like that's on their plate. Do you think that's even possible? Well, I know it is. Because it's worked. In our home. Now, institute the NWA rule that means no whining allowed. NWA. Well, actually, that's not just for mealtimes, that's for any time. Now, if mealtimes are to be happy times, put all those devices away, no listening or watching to other things, and spacing out and letting your kids eat all by themselves while you pretend you're there, but you're only there in body. No, that's not what to do. Turn that TV and those devices off. This is what we used to do many years ago when we lived in an ancient rainforest, and our three young girls loved being there. There was never a dull moment. No school to go to, but we educated them at home. 
We found at one stage that mealtimes were becoming not really a battle zone, but very dull and very boring. So we said, you can only come to the table and eat if you have something really interesting to share, something you've learned today out of a book, or something you've observed out in nature, or something you've thought up. Well, when they'd come to the table, you'd be surprised what amazing conversations we had about all sorts of things. Now, if your kids are too little for that, here's something you can do. Tell them, when you come to the table, when mummy calls you, you have to tell me something funny, or something that you love, or something that you'd like to do one day. And if your child is too little even for that, then you may need to do what we did. When finally our son turned up, when all our girls were grown and gone, he was such a busy little man, he didn't want to take the time to eat. So, distraction was the key. I'd have a little pile of things hiding behind me, just small toys, and before boredom and uh, frustration would set in, I'd pop another one onto his tray and pull faces and tell stories with great sound effects because that helped too, because distraction is the key for the little fellows. The point is, we tried to make mealtime such fun that the food got eaten and we were all happy, and that way the job got done. All right, that's my first simple tip for getting your kids to stop being picky eaters or never to become picky eaters in the first place. Turn off your TV and your devices. Right, you got that one. Well, my second tip is this. Get your timer. Set it for 25 minutes. Now, when I was a kid, I would sometimes really hate something that was on my plate and I would sit there for what seemed like forever with one mouthful in my mouth refusing to swallow it. Mum would be exasperated, saying, just swallow it. Big brother and sister would goad me on, and my stubborn self would dig my heels in even more. Mealtimes were often miserable. But what if they'd done this? Don't make a big deal of it. Don't make a fuss. The more you make a fuss, the more they love you, or the more the child hates you. So if you don't want that, just simply quietly take the meal away and say, that's it. Good, all done. Nothing till the next meal. Wow, if you make a big deal about it, I'll tell you what, there's going to be whining and gnashing of teeth and wailing and all sorts of horrible things. And they'll go on and on for years. So don't do it. What was our first tip? To stop kids from becoming picky eaters? Turn those gadgets off and have some fun conversation. We learned so many interesting things and it was great fun finding just what each kid thought was fascinating from what they had learned that day. Sometimes, you see, they learned things that I wouldn't even be a bit interested in. But they were fascinated, so we got to know our kids better too. So with the TV off and mealtime's a happy time, you'll be having such a happy time that kids will hardly notice the odd food that isn't their favourite. If they don't want to eat their meal, that's okay. 25 minutes later, away goes the food till next time and you're not harping, swallow that mouthful. The food goes away, finished or not. So what's the second tip, remember? 25 minutes and the food goes away. No fuss. Whether it's eaten or not, it simply disappears. No threats, no warnings, no misery. Believe me, if they don't eat at all, it isn't going to hurt them. Next meal, I guarantee they'll really get stuck into it. It'll go down the hatch without a fuss. Those are my two simple tips for today if you've got kids in the family. Try them and your lives will definitely become more simple and happy. That's it 
from the two-tip lady who loves to help make your life more simple. 